everyone well thanks for coming by just getting screens moved around and things like that uh making sure everything is good to go we'll just leave that i probably should have put a disclaimer up there if i'm gonna leave up for any length of time right you guys are probably used to seeing those by now i know i am keeps the keeps the lawyers happy so okay so we are going to talk today about pullback trading um which is actually, I think, a pretty good time to start talking about that with a little bit of a pullback that we're seeing in the market here after it's been incredibly strong. Uh, some ways to to nail pullback, some ways to at least uh, have some statistics on your side. Uh, anyone who's followed me for any of these or anything else I do outside of that knows I'm a big statistics nerd. I like to look at those type of things. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about pullback trading. We're going to talk about some stuff that Trade Ideas has that works with pullback trading. And uh, I have a little discount code for you guys at the end if you want to give trade ideas a try. Now, without further ado, who am I? In case you're new here, um, my name is Michael Noss. Just quick, brief history. I've been trading since 2006. That's actually when I started using trade ideas as a software. Uh, didn't end up consulting with them until 10 years plus after that. But uh, basically, I started working at a hedge fund at, or a prop firm. And a prop firm is just a firm where they they grab people off the street and they they try to train them up as traders and give them firm capital to trade. And it's a very eat what you kill kind of idea where if you do well, if you trade well, you split the profits. If you don't, then the firm eats the loss. So it was a good place to start for sure. Then I spent about 10 years working in the hedge fund space, uh, just around 2008, 2009, which was obviously a very fun time for that. And doing a lot of stuff when it comes to risk management, reporting to investors about what different hedge funds were doing, uh, how it was going to affect their overall portfolio or what risk to that different strategy they had. Absolutely invaluable experience for my trading career because I got to sit next to a whole bunch of uh, really successful hedge funds. Say, okay, what are you guys doing? And and how are you making money? And where do your risks lie? And, and what markets do you do well? And what markets will you underperform? That type of thing. I'm a CAIA at Kaya which isn't really relevant for this presentation, but more so is, is my Chartered Market Technicians designation. So some people don't know what this is, but it's essentially the CFA, which a lot of us have heard of, whereas the CFA focuses on accounting and, and um, you know, the business side of things. CMTs, we focus on the actual price action side of things, the uh, behavioral finance side of things, uh, quantitative trading, that type of stuff. And there's just my handle at Michael Noss CMT. If you want to find me anywhere out there, you can uh, you can do so using that handle. I tried to keep everything named pretty consistently. So first of all, what is trend trading? So we're going to talk about trend trading and its importance because when you're buying pullbacks and you're looking for pullback trading, you need to have an overall existing trend. Otherwise, you're just buying stocks that are going down. So we need to make sure that we are online and and we understand what we're talking about when we define these terms before we get into the nitty-gritty of this so so trend trading is basically a style of trading and I, I think i got this from wikipedia that tries to capture gains through analysis of the stocks or security or forex uh direction basically you're already establishing the direction of the security and then after that you're going through and saying, okay, I already have an established direction. Now let me try to figure out a way to go into this trend trading. And I'll give you some very 
clear and uh, academic reviewed studies and studies that I've done myself showing that this is really, if you're looking for uh, long-term gains, this is one of the best ways that you can kind of focus on this as opposed to revision of the mean, which I know is a little bit more interesting, but you know, it's just not statistically as interesting. So the, just drew this out. <laughs> this is, we all know kind of how stocks move and how instrument moves, never up or down in a straight line. Unless you're talking about like a meme stock and then it is both up in a straight line and then back down in a straight line. But this is more or less how a trend develops. And we're defining trend here as a stock that's making higher highs when it breaks out. And then when it pulls back, it's making higher lows. So every pullback is met with buyers at a higher price. And that's basically how I'm defining trend here. And here's just more of a real world example in ELF. I always like to pick at this one just because it was such an amazing trend all year. Got a couple of good trades in this one. Uh, just came out of nowhere. I had never heard of it before and ended up being one of the best winners of the week. So, you know, skipping all of the technical CMT-like definitions of what a trend is, it doesn't take a lot of research to look at this and say, hey, that's a trend. It's obviously in an uptrend. And I probably want to be looking to get long this stock as opposed to looking to get shorted. Now, why trade with the trend? Right? I alluded to this earlier, but why is it so important which to trade with the trend and to identify the trend before you are taking trading decisions? So this is a couple studies, and I have these studies as well. If, if you reach out to me on Twitter at the Michael Noss CMT and you want to read the studies, I have them saved and I can show them. This one's uh, one done, I believe, by Princeton. This is actually a university study. Uh, that basically looked at the difference of the regular 60-40 portfolio, which we all know, which is just 60% of your portfolio in stocks and then 40% of your portfolio in bonds versus a 80% 60-40 portfolio. So you still have the same you know, normal portfolio, but 20, you have what they call a time series momentum strategy, which essentially just means you're buying stocks that are doing well and you're shorting stocks that aren't. So that ELF that would have at some point hit this type of portfolio strategy and stocks like Bed Bath & Beyond and AMC and, and these names that are just trending lower, they would have been in the short side of things. And how did that affect? And they tried with a couple different ways. They tried taking the biggest gainers of the year, the biggest gainers in six months and the biggest gainers in three months and said, you know, what does this do to your overall portfolio? Just taking this small part of your portfolio and allocating it to a trend following method as opposed to just holding it all in, uh, in buy and hold. And they noticed that uh, better returns, right? You can see the, turn on a little pointer here, see the 4.8% access returns here in the overall, um, just year over year return, returns, uh, access of cash. So basically what money would you get on your cash versus what increased are you getting doing this type of system. Lower volatility, a lower max drawdown, and a higher sharp ratio. And for those who don't know, sharp ratio is essentially just a, a risk-adjusted metric. Because you can see the, the increase that you're getting just putting 20% of your portfolio into this system is small, but the benefit you're getting is less drawdown, less volatility in the overall market. So this is one kind of Princeton study that was done Another one, oh, there it is. It's a century of evidence of trend following, if you want to just look up the, the study. Another thing that I thought that was very interesting is the correlation of a trend following method to the overall market. And you can see it hovers around 0 0.2. 
So for those who aren't math nerds like myself, a one is a very strong correlation. Uh, think Pepsi and Coke. Those would be very, very strongly correlated securities. A negative one would be inversely correlated, where if one went up, the other went down. So zero is no correlation at all. This is fairly close to zero. And they went back 100 years on this study and just showed that trend following is a very low correlation to the overall market if you're incorporating both longs and shorts into this. And you can see that's kind of what you want. If you're adding to your trading philosophy, you want to continue to add things that are not correlated. Uh, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I'm diversified. I own uh, you know, Netflix and Meta and uh, Google and all these, like, no, you're not correlate. The more uh, assets you put in a portfolio doesn't necessarily decrease the correlation of that portfolio. It doesn't decrease the risk if all of those things get very, very correlated. it's It ends up being more important that you're diversifying with trading style. So I have a trading style personally where I swing trade equities. I have a trading style where I'm more short-term trading in futures and Forex. And, and I do that for this discorrelation effect. Sometimes my swing trades are doing great, like in the all of October and November. It's been an amazing couple months to be a swing trader. I'm long a whole bunch of names. Those names are going up with most things in the market. And that's great. But there'll be periods of time where trend following is difficult when the market is choppy. And that's why diversification across uh, different securities or different, sorry, assets um, doesn't work as much as diversifying across actual different systems. So you can see that data right here. Now, the other one was, how well did this do during uh, market issues? Oops, went a little bit too much over here. So how well did this this system, this trend-following system versus the 60-40 portfolio, how well did it do with all of these uh, crashes and issues? Well, one benefit of trend following, if you're trend following from both sides, is that during bad periods of time, you'll potentially still do fine. It's choppy markets that are the bane of a trend follower, not so much crashing markets. So, you know, you see the panic of uh, 1893, 1907, World War II, Great Depression, so on and so forth, to some that we know a little bit more recently, which is the dot-com bubble and the financial crash. The purple line being just the standard 60-40 portfolio and the green area here being trend following. So you can see how, how this reduces that maximum drawdown and volatility of, of returns because when the whole world is panicking, if you've caught onto a good trend, then you're doing A-OK. -okay. Again, it's the choppy markets that are, are the banes for the trend followers. And this is just one that uh, one that I built myself just to show you. This is a very standard, very old style of trading that is used quite often still today. You'll see a lot of uh, IRAs and, and different hedge funds use this as um, a regime filter. You can call it. So when do I invest? When do I not invest? Uh, when do I put on the brakes? When do I put on the gas? And the shaded, the blue area here is the trade, which is essentially a simple one of you buy when the market is over the 10-month moving average and you get out when the market is under the 10-month moving average. It's very simple, but the idea is you're trend following, right? So this is all the evidence that we're putting together for trend following. You're trying to stick with the trend to say, hey, when the trend is higher, I want to get in. And when the trend isn't, I want to get out. You can see the returns are about the same, but you sat out of all of 
the dot-com bubble and you sat out all of pretty much 2008, uh, these shorter-term sell-offs and pops, they weren't as good for, but it still it lowers the volatility of these returns. So the idea is pretty simple in, hey, I just want to sit out or as you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to use other styles when certain styles don't work. So that's kind of what a regime filter means. And next one, I think I quoted this one in the last presentation I gave on relative strength, because relative strength and trend following kind of go hand in hand in a lot of cases. And this one here is essentially just the S&P 500 and the pink line versus a black star funds trend following system. And if you Google that, you can read the study they did as well. Their idea was essentially you buy stocks that are breaking out to new all-time highs. You put a, I believe it was a 10 ATR trailing stop on them, and you just let them go until they don't work. And you're building a portfolio doing that. And you can see when this study concluded in January 2005, the dramatic outperformance. And this was a long-only system. They weren't even talking about stocks that are making new all-time lows. Uh, but this is a long-only system that has done very, very well. Again, just more evidence that we want to be looking for things that are moving higher. We want to get involved in those, and we want to stay away from the ones that aren't moving higher, depending on however we define trend, which again, I'll talk about. So the idea is, here's just a couple names that they pulled up in the study, right? So the, the simple trade was, TASR, you can see the buy right here, and the push up. So the, this trading style was incredibly simple. Let me find a new all-time high in a stock. Let me buy it. Let me put out a trailing stop on it and see what happens. These are the lines when it comes to the trailing stop. The red line is just the 10 ATR. ATR is just roughly how much does a stock move in any given period. So they're just saying, okay, 10 times that, I'm going to put a trailing stop on it. And again, you can see how sticking with the trend is amazing. Because when the trend reverses, you got to get out. In the, or if you're a long short trader, this is where you would look to short these securities. So this is WorldCom. I think we've all heard of WorldCom. was a great little trade for them. And then it broke trend way up here, well before it collapsed. Uh, JDSU was the same thing. I certainly remember Sun Microsystems, uh, same type of move. Great trend from 10 all the way up to $45 and then right, right back down. I don't even know if Sun W is still trading, uh, but the idea is simple. You want to stay with things while they're trending, and then you want to move on when they're no longer trending. Sorry. And you can see how building these simple. So if you're struggling trading and you're seeing these results saying, oh, wow, it, you know, I'm these uh, very simple systems are actually doing pretty well in this market. And that's great, right? So I've already convinced you and we're going to start to build trend following systems and talk about the ways that you can trade trends now. Why do trends persist? Now, why is it that most things in the market get arbitraged away? What I mean by that is that if I were to tell you that I invented this, this holy grail indicator, and this holy grail indicator tells you when to buy and sell, and it says buy here and then, and then sell here, what would happen is that if it worked and it worked really, really well, and I was you know winning all of my trades and I had a great risk reward, and I was just printing money and, and buying yachts, that system would get out. And what would happen is people would start front running that system. So I say, right, you buy when, let's take something simple. Every time a stock hits $10, you buy it. And uh, then you sell it when it hits 11. And somehow for whatever magic reason in, in our fictional universe, that works. The What would get arbitraged away is as soon as people figure that out, well, they're going to start buying it at, you know, at, say 990. And they're going to start selling it at 11, right? A little under 11. 
And then someone else is going to come. They're going to buy a little bit earlier and they're going to sell a little earlier. Then you're going to have hedge funds that know that there's going to be a whole bunch of people to buy it when it hits 10. So they're going to wait for it to bleed through a 10 and then they're going to short it uh, into the ground. The market is self-correcting in this way. Uh, arbitrage basically is this market self-correcting mechanism. Another way to explain arbitrage is say you have BlackBerry as a Canadian BlackBerry is a little bit of a sore subject for me, but I'll go with any anyway. BlackBerry is trading on the U.S. exchange and the Canadian exchange. Same company, but it's trading on two exchanges. So ideally, and, and always, the difference between those two, the price of those two stocks, is the currency difference between Canada and the U.S. If one got really, really high and the other one sold off really, really low because it's the same company, there is arbitrage or free money to be have shorting one and buying the other. That was a game that a lot of people played. A lot of people played with Bitcoin back in the day when Bitcoin was just getting started and mispricings were happening on exchanges. But as more and more people get into that game and it gets more and more competitive, the spread between the two narrow until and now it's only super high frequency traders that uh, have, you know, their computer right next to the stock market. Those are the only people that can trade it. Any human being or retail trader, there's no edge to be had off those mispricings anymore. Same thing that we're talking about here. Now, why is it that trend following seems to be immune from it? One of those studies that I read preparing for this was a 200-year analysis of trend following. Uh, so why is it that this particular style doesn't ever seem to go away? The first one, this is a classic comic. I'm sure people have seen it. It's very hard to read, but um, someone's basically just talking and the, the the end of the blurb says, oh, I think this stock could really excel. And then, you know, it gets translated a bunch of people until everyone's freaking out and, and says, sell. So the, the old game of telephone that you would have played as a kid. Th this is part of it. Uh, part of it is that a story catches on. And as that story makes its way through the entire market, there are participants that that get back on the train as things go. So, for example, we all know right now um, AI. AI is the thing, right? AI is the big thing. So, what happened? What's happening now? And what happened in the beginning is there was probably some early adopters who understood that AI is important. That NVIDIA GPUs are very distinctly placed to benefit off that. They would have bought some of the shares that caused a little bit of a move. That move then gets picked up by people who are watching technical analysis like me. They're looking for breakouts. NVIDIA breaks out. There's a whole bunch of breakout traders that buy it. And now you're kind of in the point with NVIDIA where there's, as a hedge fund manager, I, I know this, talked about my experience before, if you are calling your clients and telling them what's in your portfolio and what you're trading, and you don't have any AI or any Ozempic related stocks right now, they're chewing you out because there's like, why? Why I heard on the radio and I talked to my friend Bill and all this stuff and AI and Ozempic, these things are going to change the world. You need to get into them. So that's causing, you know, the, the kind of last push that happened. So that's one of the things people chasing these news events that they have to occur a uh, news doesn't get disseminated instantly across all market participants simple way to put it and then confirmation bias and a little bit of poke and fun i always try to include at least a meme or two in my presentations um but confirmation bias is essentially 
the idea in which we only focus on information that we care about and we filter everything else out. So, you know, flat earthers, people who are still, if you if you go to Twitter right now and you type in uh, dollar sign BBBYQ, there's a whole community of people who still think they're going to make millions of dollars from Bed Bath & Beyond, even though it's bankrupt and gone. Um, this is confirmation bias where people refuse their... They, they refuse to take all of the information in. They take information in, they cut out pieces that don't make them feel good, and they let the rest in. Right? A flat earther may watch a video and say, oh, the earth is flat, and then right, pictures from space and all of these pieces, and they just block out that information because it doesn't make them feel good. Same thing, I believe, happens with the market where you know a stock, this ELF that I showed earlier, it's a makeup stock. Um, you would expect that if there was some trend in makeup, it would catch up very quickly. But what happens with a lot of these names is you end up having this confirmation bias where people will focus on the positive sides of a stock on in an uptrend and ignore the negative sides. And on a downtrend, it's the other way around. You see bounces and you people see selling into that bounce because they believe that stock is negative and it's, it's going to go to zero regardless of what it is that they what it is they present and what do they put out. So those are the two, just some people like to know the why. Uh, we'll never know the why because you can never hop into the minds of everyone that's making trading decisions. Um, but those are just two theories that I have and, and some of the literature uh, backs up on this one. So I hope I made the case to trade with the trend. Um, you know, Ralph Alcampora, a famous thing, the trend is the fan, is trend is your friend until the bend in the end. Again, hopefully I've made the case and everyone who is trying to pick tops and bottoms is now with me and saying, okay, I'm going to be a trend trader. Uh, how do I do it? So there's two major ways to do it. And with the title of this presentation, we're going to focus on pullbacks, but I did want to focus on the, the two ways. So one of them, back to my squiggly long drawing, is just buying breakouts. This is what we saw in that Black Star fund, uh, study that I, I put, where you're just buying the thing as it's making some type of new high breaking out of some type of either consolidation or just hitting a new monthly high or yearly high. There's a lot of systems that just do a time base as opposed to price base. And then there's pullbacks. And pullbacks, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I understand that this trend is going to move in the direction of the underlying of the underlying trend. My job, and this is where we're when we're talking about pullbacks, is to try to get the best price in that overall trend. And that's where pullback trading comes in. Now, there's pros and cons to each, which I'm going to go back here and just talk about in a second. So the first one with breakouts is it is it's very simple to trade breakouts. Um, it's you pick a level, you draw your line on the chart, and you say, hey, if we get and close above that level, uh, I'm going to buy it. It, it makes the trading decision incredibly simple because that's my area. That's where I want to take the trade. That's where I'm going to buy it. Done. Uh, it's easy to identify a trend direction because you're buying breakouts. And when you're buying breakouts, it means you have to necessarily be trading with the trend on some time frame. You know, even if you're on a five minute chart and the thing's sold off all day, but now you're taking it as it breaks the prior five minute high, you're still buying a breakout in the underlying direction of a trend, just a short, very short period of time trend. Uh, momentum trading and breakout trading has a very high risk reward. And this is something that has been studied immensely 
It's the one of the highest ways to get that high risk reward, which means for every dollar you risk, the dollar you will return on very successful trades will be 5, 10, 20 times that if you catch a really good trend and have the patience to stay with it, right? Um, the cons are they have a low win rate. We know a lot of breakouts fail. I get the question I get from new traders all the time is how do I know which breakouts are going to fail? Sadly, the answer is you don't. Um, I wish I could, could give an answer and say, oh, yeah, you just this indicator and that indicator. You don't and you, and you never will. Right. But that's fine because that's what you're getting paid for is that low win rate. Um, so it can be really trying on your patient. So you need very diligent risk management to make sure you're not betting big on every single trade, knowing that with breakouts, most statistically will fail. If you get really good, and if you're a really good breakout trader and you have a, a higher than 50% win rate with your breakout trading, that's great, right? Keep going and you're, you're doing it well. And then fills can be hard because you're buying the breakout, you're buying as the thing is moving in your direction, it gets harder to, to get that fill. So very low win rate, but really high risk reward. That is the same with all trend trading. Pullback, again, I think is a little bit of a sweet spot of this as well, right? So we're talking about pullbacks. And with a pullback, you can have a tighter stop because when you're buying something as it's breaking out, your stop has to go well under that breakout period. With a pullback, when it's pulling back, if you nail that pullback pull correctly, you can really tighten your stop. Um, and it gives you a longer time to trade the plan because you're not looking for the breakout and then immediately chasing that breakout right? You're not just saying, okay, I have to buy it. It's breaking this. And then, you know, you don't have time to do double checks on position size and, and all of this. And there's less slippage because you're generally buying as the market's pulling back into you. So you can more precisely pick your price. Again, I'm more of a swing trader or a longer term trader. So this is less relevant, but still, uh, still relevant. So cons is if you are waiting for pullbacks on stocks, some stocks that are really strong will just never pull back. You got to be okay with that. I'm not going to be the guy to say, hey, here's the magic, you know, you click these two buttons and you're, and you're good. Every trading uh, concept, every trading strategy has pros, it has cons, it has markets where it will do well, it has markets that it will do poorly, right? It's just the way it is. So you are going to have to miss breakouts. You know, you wanted to buy NVIDIA and it just continued to rocket or that ELF and maybe you're on a weekly chart and you saw that ELF just never pulled back for like years. You just got to be okay with that. So you are also, the con is you are trading with a short-term trend or the long-term trend, but because it's a pullback, it means that short-term momentum is not on your side. That is another downside. So you are essentially, if you go back to Charles Dow and his theory, he talks about the primary trend and then the secondary trend. Primary trend, I've always had it described as, and I, I like this when I was doing my CMT, your primary trend is a guy walking his dog. He is going to go down the street that way, walking his dog. The secondary trend is the dog himself. He will follow the man walking down the street to some degree, but he's got his leash and his leash will go a little bit over there where he smells that thing. It'll go a little bit in front of him. It'll go a little bit behind him. You know, might go and bark at a dog in that direction. So the short-term trend is the dog who's kind of moving all over the place, but that is getting pulled by the man who's going to get to the end of the street kind of come hell or high water. So you are trading with that long-term trend, but against that short-term or secondary trend. So how are we going to do it? 
So I'm going to come up with some theories here in case you don't want to check out trade ideas, but then we're going to pop into trade ideas and I'm going to show you the actual systems that we have available for you uh, to do pullback trading kind of right off the jump, uh, regardless of your, your trading time frame. So uh, the first interesting one or the, the, the first step, I guess, is define trend. You're looking for pullbacks in that trend. So you first, you have to, what's a trend to you, right? It's a bit of a nebulous term, right? And for the Black Star people, it was stocks making new all-time highs. Um, for the time series one that I showed you, it was a, a one or three or six month uh, movement in some direction. They used, uh, I think, lambda, so like slope of a line to define trend. So how are you going to define it? If you're a long-term trader, it could be something as simple as, hey, stocks that are over their 200-day moving average are an uptrend. Or if uh, eight period moving average is over a 20 period moving average, then that's going to be a trend. Or you're using the traditional uh, higher high, higher low concept of trend. However you do it, that's the first step if you're building a pullback system. So write that down. What is your time frame? What do you define as trend? Uh, what is it that you're looking for? And then you got to look for a pullback. So you got to define a pullback where I'm going to show you a couple ways that we have to do this to get you started. Um, and then you have to watch that level. I never recommend if you're looking at a pullback, you just set an order at that price. Uh, the benefit of trading pullbacks, you have a little bit more time. So you can wait for the market to pull back. You can see, okay, what's going to happen in this area if we pull back, right? Well, what's going to occur uh, in this zone? So two ways we're going to take a look at this and two things, scans that we have in trade ideas for you to try these pullbacks yourself. The first one is a VWAP pullback. So we're going to go over what this is a little bit and uh, and show it again in the system a little bit later. But what is VWAP, volume weighted average price? So we have all heard about moving averages. We all used moving averages before. And essentially a moving average, take a 10 period moving average, is just the last 10 closing prices divided by 10 right? That's 10 SMA. It's very simple. Um, the That's the reason they were popular. little tidbit for those who don't know, the reason people look at the 200 period moving average, the market technically has around 252 trading days per year. That was really hard to calculate by hand, pencil and paper when they used to do it for every single stock and commodity and, and currency and all of this. So they just settled with 200. It's way easier to calculate that that's why everyone uses the 200 period moving average. There's no magic to it. It's just roughly a year that was easy to calculate. So what VWAP does is say, okay, let's, you know, it's 2023. We can be a little bit more advanced with our calculation. Let's actually add volume to the price action as well. So what you have to do is you have to define a starting point for your anchored VWAP. People who day trade, they know VWAP. It generally just starts at the beginning of the day. Anchored VWAP for swing trading and longer term trading, you have to pick the anchor point. Um, I highly recommend, we'll talk about this. This is my friend, uh, Brian Shannon. I wrote a book, Anchored VWAP, Maximum Trading Gains with Anchored VWAP. So this is where a lot of this came from. He's uh, a great trader, great dude. Um, so I would I would check that out if you really want to dive deep, if this is something that really interests, interests you. Um, but yeah, it's essentially a moving average that calculates volume. So if there was a lot of volume on a candle, then that moving average is going to move up way more than if there was no volume at all or very low volume on that candle. So here is, speaking of Brian Shannon, a excerpt that he just tweeted from his book, which he grabbed a, uh, a quote from Ken Griffin. So Ken Griffin is a very polarizing figure. Some people think he's out to get us all and, and you know ruin all the traders. 
he's not. He's just a market maker running a market maker firm. Um, but can't deny his performance. It's sixteen billion dollars in twenty twenty two was the highest earning hedge fund ever in the history of mankind. Uh, Citadel and they do a lot of market making, which is by basically chopping up large orders into very small orders and, and spreading them out throughout the market. They talked about VWAP and that VWAP trades are executed over a day, week, or month, or year, and then also for events. So large gaps, large volume spikes. This is where they will use VWAP in order to place their orders. Now, the reason they do that, the reason that VWAP works is that if I'm a large hedge fund manager and I'm going to you and I'm saying, hey, um, I want you to buy 10 million shares of uh, this company, and maybe that company only does 100,000 shares of volume or 200,000 shares of volume a day. If I just go in, and I hit the button to buy 10 million shares, that stock is going to absolutely rocket, and I'm going to get a horrible price. And even if I'm right on my investment thesis, my ability to get in and my ability to get out is compromising the overall gain. And that's something we don't have to worry about as retail traders, but guarantee you any institution or fund with any size at all very much concerned about this slippage because if they lose one percent in and out on a trade it's a big deal when you're talking billions and billions of dollars so what they'll do is they'll go to firms and they'll say hey uh you know this is the earnings date i want you to get me the best price you can on 10 million shares and they will draw an anchored vwap from that earnings date and they will then report we got you X amount above or X amount below. If we got you near that anchored VWAP, then there's generally a bonus for the trader. So there is a, a financial incentive for orders to take place around significant VWAPs. So I just wanted to say that's why this is a very interesting indicator and one that I use all the time. Because, hey, if a whole bunch of hedge funds and traders money and, and compensation is tied to it, you better believe there's going to be some action around there. Uh, that you can trade. So there's, I didn't know that, but here it is. This book got number one, uh, investment analysis and strategy. So good for him. So the anchored VWAP pullback. So what we're trying to do here, and one thing that I'll show you when we go over to trade ideas, we'll look for some some ideas midday, which is good. We'll look for some ideas to swing going into the close and, and maybe into the next uh, few days if they set up. But the idea is simple. You pick a major event, a major turning point, and then you look to where to draw your anchored view app. So again, the system, I'll show you, trade ideas will actually draw these completely for you based off whatever scan you're looking at. That's something cool that we do. But if you want to do it yourself, the major, I see the question there is where to draw them from in the chat. Major highs, major lows are very important. Large events like earnings or um, big volume spikes, events where you know something occurred, some some uh, some system happened, uh, FDA approval, something like that, something interesting occurred, um, and then year to date, month to date, week to date, those are things that some people use as well. So this is just one that I brought from the scan. I think I did this presentation on Monday. So this I don't know where any of these stocks are. But this ENVX, you can see, although an overall downtrend, it's now started to trend higher, right? So we have push up, and then a pullback, and then a push up, and now a pullback. And that pullback seems to be settling right with the anchored VWAP from this low. So that's very interesting, right? Um, it's a very interesting area for a view app. And then you want to see, has it been respected? So it respected it back here and it respected it over here. And then so far for a couple of days, it's respecting it right at this zone. So that's exactly what you want to see. So then this ENVX, 
if you like the longer term trend, if you like it fundamentally for whatever idea or reason you want it from, now this is, okay, this is something that's interesting. It's in an uptrend and now it's pulling back. Maybe if I buy it here and it makes a new leg higher in that trend and maybe we get to 14 or something like that. Uh, Pulte Homes, another way you can do it. This one's obviously an uptrend, big push up, shallow pullback, big push up again, kind of sideways move. And you can see the anchored view app from right before this large gap, whatever this news event is occurring, um, then that is where the view app anchors from. So you can see as long as it's supporting, as long as it's holding that anchored view app, again, I don't know what, where these stocks are right now, this couple days ago, but Pulte Homes would be an interesting buy if it kind of got over the space for me based off this pullback idea. And sound, I think this is one of those AI plays, same type of thing. This was a massive volume spike, you can see back here. So earnings, some major news came out, right? Push up, pull back, push up, a little bit of an uptrend. And you can see it's acting as support right here. So just a couple questions that I've gotten so far. Um, can you use a monthly swing higher low? Again, I would use major events. I wouldn't nitpick that much. And then it shouldn't matter. Most view apps, you're not drawing them from a wick or a body. They should use the average price. That's the whole point of it. They should use the average price that day. So let's look at another way because I have two ways and I'll show you both of them. Um, the other one, if you're not interested in anchored view app, is polarity. And polarity is a uh, my favorite setup. If I could do nothing else, if you said, okay, Michael, there's one trade you can trade for your intraday trading and your Forex and your um, and your stock and everything or investments, whatever. For me, it's polarity. And what does polarity mean when it comes to technical analysis? We've all heard this when prior resistance acts as support, when prior support acts as resistance. This is polarity. And for me, this is the most important aspect of trading. And now why, before I get into examples, right? Why does this, why is this such an interesting way to trade? Well, first of all, when this stock is pulling back, when we're, we're talking about point here, there's a couple of things we know already. We know once that we have an area here that was interesting to the market prior. It's very interesting. There's a lot of people shorting at that level. There's a lot of people maybe selling longs at that level. That is the only way resistance is formed is when you have strong sellers. So very interesting. You have a lot of sellers in that area. Then you get a breakout. So what's the benefit of a breakout, which we already learned from the lessons above? Well, if you have a breakout, then you are necessarily in an uptrend, right? And we are talking about trend trading and the importance of trend trading. If you are breaking out of resistance zone, it, it may be a short-term uptrend, but you are in some type of uptrend. Again, you have to define that yourself as the trader, but you are in an uptrend. So you know that there's an area that was very important, that there was a lot of people who were short at or a lot of people who sold their uh, long holdings at, and now you're in an uptrend. Well, we pull back to that prior zone. So anyone who is short from that zone is now back to even. Anyone who sold their security at that zone and watched the pullback and missed it, which we've all done, is, oh, you know, oh, my my stock is getting up to resistance. I'm going to sell some. And it blows through that resistance and it goes higher and you go, oh, damn. Um, well, now it's back to the price that you sold it. And if you still like the security, it's another chance to get in. If you're short, it's a good chance to get out break even. So then that's why I think this phenomenon happens so much is now you have all of these sellers and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will now flip to buyers. So you have an area of interest, you have a trend, 
And then you're just watching at that zone. If you start to move off that zone, you have a very tight risk reward on a trade like this. You're long somewhere in this area right here, and you're out somewhere in this area right here. And what did we learn about trend trading? Has a low win rate, but has a very high potential up, has a very high potential upside. And that's what we're after. So if I can find a zone like this where I can, I know I'm in the trend, I can very closely define my risk. That's what I want to do. Right. So here are some names again through the scans that I'll show you in trade ideas. We'll switch over to that when this presentation is done. Um, I think I have lots of time, but uh, I'm sure I'll get kicked off at some point. Um, this breakout of this prior high on DoorDash, right? You have a obvious resistance area. If we go back to the chart, right? An obvious resistance area right here where the stock came to and sold off. And you have another obvious resistance area uh, where probably would have represented right here where we sold off of, we broke that. And then we've come back and we touched it right kind of to the tick right here. So if this area holds and we start to move higher, it's a pretty simple trade for me to make this out. OUT sold off pretty dramatically. But ever since then, since about eight bucks, it's been in this uptrend, right? These higher highs and higher lows you can see right here, resistance area back here, resistance area right here, resistance area right here, broke that, came support. It's a good place to take a trade. Again, there's no magic. We know these things are going to fail a lot. We know breakouts are going to fail a lot. We know trend trading is going to fail a lot. But we can really define our risk. If we start to move from this area, we are in at 1250. We are out at 12. Uh, out Pun with the ticker. If this thing gets to 14 or maybe even 16 bucks up here, we are multiple, multiple, multiple times our risk. And we only need a handful of these to, to hit a month or a year in order to make a really good return. Um, this one, ASAN, earnings was close when I did this, but area of resistance right here, right? Area of resistance right here, broke that, pulled back. That was holding as support. So same kind of thing that we're looking at. So those are the two ways. And again, we're going to get into the system. I'm going to poke around. I'm going to show you how you can actually take advantage of this with trade ideas if you want to give it a shot. But if not, those are just some ideas you can take to your own trading. So these are all the places you can follow me. I've got a YouTube. I've got a Substack where I share my thoughts on the market. Um, X, I guess we're calling it now, Twitter. Um, our, so our website at Trade Ideas is just trade-ideas.com. Now, for the audience, this is something we're doing kind of just for you guys because we really like doing these presentations. Um, if you use Stats Edge, which is my own personal website, 25 at checkout. I'm actually just I'm going to type that in the chat real quick here. I'm going to go stats edge 25 at checkout. That will save you 25% off your first month. Or if you're really interested, your first year when it comes to uh, buying trade ideas. Now, let us get into the system and I will show you how you can do some of these scans and we'll take a look at what's going on in the market here. So if I've done this right, you should be able to see my screen here. So this is the trade ideas platform. The trade ideas platform is a uh, back testing it's trading you can actually hook your interactive brokers your e-trade your alpaca um in broker accounts to the system and you can actually place trades we also have a simulator if you're testing out new strategies i still use a simulator all the time uh, if you're testing out new strategies if you're trying new things or if you're just not a profitable trader yet please use a simulator it will definitely make life a lot easier now there are a lot of things that you can do in trade ideas, and I certainly won't go through them all. We have charting with real-time prices, um, you know, multiple time frames. You can set up 
screens of you can have up to 20 charts opened, either linked or unlinked. Uh, if you want, right, all of the normal technical analysis indicators that you want are built into the system. Uh, we have these data boxes right here we call single stock windows, which carry all of your fundamental data. So, you know, this DTM, I don't know what this is, but they have $30 million in cash and they have a market cap of $4.2 There's 3% of the float short. You can see all of the, all of the numbers that you can put and you can put so much more. I'll just do a quick scroll. I do this every time just to show all of these filters you see. You can either build scans to filter by, or you can add to this uh, single stock window in order to just see all of this data, depending on what fundamental data is interested to you. Uh, news. So we have a news feed that scrubs the entire internet. So it scrubs Yahoo Finance and Benzinga and, and Bloomberg and all of these news sites to try to figure out what's going on here, uh, what's happening with the with this particular name. You can see all the information here. Uh, the profile, I said I had no idea what this company did, but you can just go in and read about it right here. So they are in um, pipeline transportation of natural gas. So they're a gas pipeline. Then you can also look at the competitors. So what we have here is we have just a screen that every stock that you click on, you will see all of the competitors to that name. You can go because maybe you like the industry, but you don't like the actual stock itself. You can go through and say, oh, okay, let me take a look at, uh, let me take a look at what's going on here. Um, yeah, so we have all of that. That's all basic stuff. We have the ability to scan. Uh, this is, I guess I'll leak this new feature for you guys soon. Uh, we have the ability to create your own uh, tree maps. So this is a, a watch list that I have where I put in all the major ETFs that I want to keep my eye on um, just to know, hey, what's moving today uh, just for ETFs. But you can do this for any scan if you want to run you know, stocks overview app or the largest movers or something like that. You can do it all right here. And you know these will link to your charts. You see, I click that and it changes back. Um, you can create these heat maps based off whatever it is you want to look at. I know some people that are doing this now with, you know, investments they have, their stock holdings, that type of thing. This is a bit of a tease. So this this should be out, I'm told, by the developers in the next uh, in the next few days. But um, I saw it up there, so I thought I would tease. Now, if before we get into scans, if you want to do other stuff than what I talked about, I do the presentation based off of what it is that we're talking about today. But we have all kinds of other other scans. So we have our own artificial intelligence engine that we are constantly working on that um, essentially looks for names that have some sort of interest. So it runs back tests every night. It uses some auto optimization to try to figure out some names that are working for you. Um, you can see here, this is everything that's going on currently. MR AI, almost be an AI name, was bought here at $1. You can see the move that it's taking place here. So what we do is we show the stocks that are um, having good performance from the AI signal. So you can focus on those stocks that are trending, just like we talked about the winner. We also have intraday strategies as well, uh, where this shorted this PDCO. And this is, you can see this on the 15 minute chart, shorted this name off the open because of this big gap down, uh, whatever the company does. So again, it uses, it learns from traders that we have internally uh, it, and it runs different strategies. Again, you have access to all this. If you're more of a low show, float uh, momentum type of guy, not so much um, my thing, but there are a lot of people that do that. 
we have the ability to scan that. And we also have these uh, these heat maps that I just showed you. We'll do that. So now this is going to be the stocks that are up the most from the opening print. That's what we're really concerned about uh, from the open. And then up here, you can see what we call a stock race. And what this is going to do, it's going to show you at any given time, what are the stocks that are moving the most, again, from this opening print. Right now, it's noon. There's not a lot moving, but you can see it kind of shift around there. So this Yosh is probably moving right now. Yeah, you can see it's popping up a little bit here. Just a good way to keep an eye on what's happening. If you are a momentum type trader, everything I've talked about is from the, the longer term time frame. But if you are a shorter term trader, this is the ticket to make sure that you're getting um, all of the stuff as it's moving. We have relative strength algorithms that we have run through here. Uh, pre-market gappers, we have this pre-market channel. If you're someone who just wants to trade gappers, you can come in here in the morning, click on this. This will show you all the names that are gapped up and down the most. You can filter these based off all of that criteria that I put forward. And this is all just um, basic stuff that you can do uh, here with trade ideas. Uh, just seeing if there's anything else that's super, super interesting. No. So let's get into it. So we have the Anchored View app channel. So this is the add-on that we created with, again, my friend Brian Shannon. Asked him all about what it is that uh, I should add to this based off his book. I read his whole book. And I said, hey, what's interesting here? And he said he really likes the year-to-date Anchored View app. So this is a list of stocks that will update every 30 seconds or so. No customization required. This is just given directly to you of stocks that are very close to their year-to-date Anchored View app. So this two, um, if we have to go way, 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 way back, um, because that's the year-to-date price right there. So that's the beginning of where the Anchored View app is drawn. You can see it's right up to that price. To me, not something that I'd look to buy right here, but maybe a short candidate at this price. Macy's, big push up into that anchored view app from that price. Now, if you're looking for things that are pulling back, that's uh, fine. Maybe something. No, they're all coming up to the year-to-date anchored view app. That's interesting. But this, so this TXMD or TRMD, they're a deep sea freight transportation company. This might be one to look at where obvious uptrend going on here, higher highs and higher lows. Now it's pulling back. Now, will it find support at that year-to-date anchored view app? So who knows? So what we're doing as pullback traders is we're identifying it as at a point that is interesting to me. Now, let me either watch it from a shorter-term time frame. For me, that'd be a 30-minute chart. You rarely, rarely will see me go uh, any closer than a 30-minute chart. But if I start to see this 30-minute trend change, well, that might be an interesting buy for this pullback because I know... If it then reverses and it breaks back under that anchored view app from this all-time highs, then it, hey, it's time to go. Um, now, we also have anchored view app from large gaps. So for this one, what we're looking for is a gap to occur, usually earnings, sometimes, um, I don't know, call it... Uh, FDA, or maybe there'll be uh, a buyback announcement or, or some event that created a gap. And the reason for this is what we talked about before, where what we're doing is we're looking for stocks that have had some major event that we think may cause uh, buy orders with and may cause stocks that um, may cause companies and institutions to say, okay, I want to buy this stock now, but I want to get a good price. So here, buy it around VWAP. 
from this price. So you can see every time I click on a stock, it draws this VWAP for you. So you don't have to worry about doing that yourself. That's one thing I like as I click through the VWAP's just there, as opposed to clicking through and then having to go and draw it uh, from yourself. You can see Palantir twice now with this one. I know there's a lot of people that are interested in this name. Uh, I don't I have no idea what they do, but it sounds super, super secret. Um, you have a pullback into this anchored view app right here that got a great move off of that. And now it did it again yesterday and it put in two bottoming tails right at that anchored view app. That's kind of what you want to see because it shows that there is somebody in there buying and you've had a little push off that. So if this kind of closes where it is, then that might be a nice little move because now you know you can get involved around here. For me, if we closed under that anchored VWAP, it would be time to go. So my risk is set. I don't have to think about it anymore. I know I'm going to buy if we hold this area today um, and my stock will go under that anchored VWAP. That is a trade that I'm interested in taking. And in fact, I'm actually going to right click here and I'm going to create a price alert, which again is something that we can do. You'll see it pop up here uh, on the bottom. These are all my price alerts for just stocks that I'm interested in. You can see PLTR just popped up there. Now the system will alert me if it breaks through that price, but it also just adds it to this little watch list for me so I can I can keep going. Now, you know, to answer the question of when do you anchor from, we have a whole bunch of options here. If you go down to that, you can see all of these different scans that were all built and they're built kind of completely for you entirely. We're focusing on the long side. Just note that everything that you see from the long side, we also have to the short side uh, because we talked about that trend following from both directions, how it really reduces the overall um, volatility of any name that you're looking for. Uh, let's just do the VWAP. Let's just do an AVWAP from a volume spike and see if there's anything going on there. So what this one's looking for is it's looking for stocks that had some sort of significant volume spike, not necessarily a gap, but some volume spike right here. And we're trying to see is does a pullback to that level hold? That's an interesting one. And then we just have, which is my favorite, just the good old anchored VWAP pullback. Now, what this is doing is it's using a little algorithm to detect a swing low point it's saying, okay, let's find a major swing low event. It's just using an algorithm to go through and to do that for you. And then it draws the anchored view app from it. And then from there, how it's sorting these things is the ones that you see on the very top, that anchored view app has existed for a long period of time, not broken. Um, and the, you know, near the bottom, those are just maybe one or two day anchored view apps. If again, you're more of a short-term trader. So you can see this, um, SCO. So I just clicked on this. This is ultra short crude oil. So I get, if we flipped it on oil, it would be the same thing where, uh, this ultra short crude oil. I thought this was North Fork, North, North Folk Southern for some reason. Um, but it's respected a few times. So. Maybe we go and we take a look at uh, USO and we can draw in our own VWAP, which of course you can do with our charts. You don't necessarily have to use uh, the VWAP that we give you, but you can draw that in just by right clicking this VWAP right here and drawing that in. So from there, not so much, but what about from this guy right here? Uh, so not so much, only not so much on the inverse ETF or on the real ETF, just on the inverse. Um, and again, easily just to click through and see what's interesting. When it comes to trend trading, we also have these things ranked so you can see the position yearly range. So this TGH, that's bio, but that's really strong up in its range. Let's look for some other things that are really strong names. FLS, flower flow serve, nice 
again, uptrend, pulling back to that uptrend. If we think this is going to continue higher, this might be a good place to take a shot. So that is the anchored view upside of things. Now let us, before my voice dies out, quickly go into the polarity side of things. And again, if you said, okay, Michael, you can only do one thing for the rest of your days. You only have one trading style, one trading philosophy um, for the rest of your days. What is it that you're doing? Me personally, I am using polarity because I just love the idea. I don't know why this was up here, this SMH, but we can actually see it right here. So let me cancel out what I was clicking here. And let's just draw this in where we can draw a horizontal line right here. And you can see the semiconductor index is putting in this little polarity set right here. We click on this and then we do it again right here. So this prior resistance right here is now acting as support right in this area right here. Again, makes for an easy trade. If I'm bullish semiconductors, which, you know, believing in the whole AI trade, I certainly am. It's a nice trend. Well, we've broke out of those prior highs. We've come back and pulled back. So that's the one we just found by accident. But right in the same system, without any need to configure anything, uh, my old eyes, where is it? Support and resistance. We have all of these support and resistance scans. So to, again, to go a little off topic for what we were talking about today, if you want stocks that are at resistance on the one minute chart, we have that for you. We'll just spit you out stocks all day long that are at a resistance point from a one minute chart. Uh, we have this uh, breakout pullback idea for intraday charts as well for you intraday traders. And then we have it for short-term and long-term traders. So we call it retest the breakout. And here's all of the names that we can take a look at that have some sort of area in which they've broken out of. And let's just kind of scan through them with some of the time that we have here and see if there are some interesting names that are setting up. So pretty easy to see what it was looking at here in TAP. Uh, as a Canadian, I don't know if they will let me buy an American beer company. Um, I might have some Mounties show up at my door if I end up buying this. But you can see this $60 level is a big level. We had resistance here twice at $60 a share. We've now broken that and we're holding it from the underside. A bit beaten up, which makes sense because it's really bad beer. But since uh, beginning of November... It's starting this change in trend, starting this uptrend. So if we think this uptrend is going to continue, again, for my time frame, which is a multi-day and a multi-week hold, 60 bucks might be a good level to play off of. Again, what we're doing is we're using these areas of defined support resistance to say these are what's playing. Um, and you can see, I keep forgetting that we have these this chart right here. And this is a what we call a pitcher-in-pitcher -pitcher chart. Let's tuck it right there to make it easy. So what, what you're seeing here is a line chart of whatever it is that we're looking at. But you're seeing that line chart of whatever we're looking at. This is on a monthly chart. So it, uh, you notice I'm not zooming out of my daily chart to get a really good look at what's going on overall. It's because it's right there in the pitcher-in-pitcher -pitcher chart. Again, stats edge of 25. Save you 25% save you off there. Check out if you're interested. But again, ICE, the Intercontinental Exchange change nice push up and you can see the resistance right here that is now pulling back to this is an interesting one for me as well i'm actually going to set a price alert here along with palantir um let's see if these trades trigger uh if they do i'll probably talk about them on my twitter again michael noss cmt you can follow that this one is the miss of the century uh rover you can see so this is yesterday's data we keep a couple days of data so you can go back and, and take a look at at that you can see rover it pulled right back down to that resistance point that it broke out of. 
Uh, I was actually looking at this yesterday and decided not to take it because uh, I'm already long a whole bunch of things and no way to predict this, but a gap up on uh, on some sort of buyout news. Now, that's all kind of shorter term stuff, but let's go take in uh, some longer term. So what we're going to do, there's not many of these, we'll take a look at the weekly chart right here. And you, you'll see the same the same pattern. So this one had a breakout right from this zone right here, broke out of this area, came back in, tested that a little bit, and then started to push. That's a biopharma. It's a pretty wild candle. I don't know if I'd be interested in that. And this is a, a China play that looking at probably the algorithm is detecting this resistance point right here that it's broke out of and come back to this. Those are both kind of ugly type charts, right? What's my opinion on IP, international paper? We all need paper still, right? Yeah, so I don't see anything here. Um, I think it's a little bit overextended to, to take this breakout right here. Maybe you, you wait for the same pullback. If it breaks that zone and comes back and tests it, that's an area you have to pull off of. Um, decent little you know trend for maybe the time frame, but just I don't buy stuff that's just kind of this overextended, but. All right, I think I filled a little time. I'm sorry, David, that I wasn't able to, to fill it all, but uh, I think I covered what I wanted to cover. I wanted to thank everyone for coming out. And again, come to trade-ideas.com. Use StatsEdge25 uh, on checkout.